Today I get the privilege of concluding our series, Church Hurt. And uh, the first time I experienced church hurt was actually uh, before I even became a Christian. At 18 years old, um, I was lost. I, I did not believe in God. I was broken. I was looking for love in all the wrong places, partying, drinking, all that kind of stuff. And I got invited to church. And, uh, I, you know, growing up, I was made to go to church. But this was the first time, like, on my own, I decided, okay, hey, I am going to go to a church service. And I'll be honest with you, I was nervous. I was nervous. I didn't know what to expect. Matter of fact, I was so nervous, I would not go by myself. I made one of my friends go with me. I'm like, man, you need to go with me. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what it's like. I did not know what to expect. And so my friend... Uh, went with me, and I remember even driving and parking in the church parking lot, never been to this church before, had butterflies. In my, like, what's going to happen? Like, when I walk in, is lightning going to strike? I just, you just don't know, right? You just kind of just, you know, are, are people going to be friendly? Are they going to like me? Are they going to be welcoming? Like, what is even going to happen? You know what I mean? Is somebody going to try to call me up on? Like, I just didn't know, y'all. I was nervous. And so I went in there, and it was definitely different, different than any church experience I've ever had, even in the past. I'd never seen drums on a stage before, and people were clapping and singing and raising their hands. And I'm like, okay, this is different. But I just kind of took it all in, and guys, I survived. I made it out alive, okay? Nothing bad happened. And we're like, okay, man, we can, we can kind of roll with this. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's different, but we can keep coming. And so me and my friend, we uh, kept attending the church. At the same time, again, I wasn't a Christian, wasn't even trying to act like a Christian, didn't believe in God, was just uh, attending church with a friend, and there was also a girl that I liked. Let me just tell you all the real story, right? So, uh, so I figure, hey, church, this is a small price to pay. And so I'd been attending for a couple of months, and one of, uh, one, one of the uh, uh, people at the church, they were like, they were like hey man, do you, do you hear what your nickname is? And I'm like, nickname what do you what do you mean nickname oh yeah one of the uh elders um one of the leaders at the church whenever you walk in he's like well there's that heathen dog i was like and he was kind of laughing and i was like i don't think that's very funny (laughs) i mean i just i'm i'm a senior in high school and here's this older you know grown man and I mean, was I a heathen dog? I mean, I guess I was. I mean, I wasn't living right. I wasn't doing the right things. But to find out that they got a name they call me and it's behind my back, like, you don't even know me. Like, you haven't tried to be warm or, or, or none of that. And so it hurt. I mean, it, 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 it hurt to know that. I remember when I started attending church at that time, there was also a, a girl on uh, the worship team. She was a senior in high school as well, and she was like the holy girl. I don't know if any of y'all had that in school. Like, there was like the one, like, really holy girl, didn't do anything wrong, you know, like she was at church all the time, and, you know, she's she's like so holy that, like, if she burps, like, butterflies come out, you know what I mean? Like, you just, you just, you know, and uh, I, I was driving. I had a car. I was one of the few students that, you know, was driving to school, and I'd give people rides home from time to time, and I remember uh, uh, this girl, she wanted 
a ride home with one of her friends. And I'm like, I'll take y'all. Yeah, come on. I'm like, listen, I can be nice, even though I'm not a Christian. You know, I can be nice. And so uh, they got in my car and I'm driving them home. And you know, when you're leaving school, I don't know how it is nowadays, but back then, man, the first thing you do is you turn up your music and you got it blasting. You want to be bumping as you're leaving the school parking lot. And so I think I might've had some, some Dr. Dre or some Snoop Dogg in there and I turn it on and it was, it was bumping and just, you know, driving out of school and, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, she goes, you need to turn this off. I'm like, what? So you need, listen, we cannot be listening to this. You, you need to turn this off right now. Right now. And I'm like, hold up, are you in my car? Yelling at me? You need to turn, I mean, she flipped on me. I was like, oh my goodness. All right, so I turned it off and, you know, come to find out a couple months later, uh, she was sneaking off with her boyfriend, doing all the stuff Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg were talking about. And uh, I remember hearing about that. I'm like, no, you didn't. Acting like you all holy and getting on me about my music and, ooh, right, hypocrites. We talked about that like, I, mean, I remember just being bothered by that and hurt by that. I, I remember there was this battle and this struggle because I'm, I'm, I'm just now going to church, but I'm just seeing some stuff. And I'm like, man, I don't even know if I want to be a part of the church. But thankfully, I, I, I kept attending. I got saved right after I graduated my senior year um, of high school. And, man, you would hope, like, okay, now I'm, now I'm saved. I'm a Christian. Hopefully the church hurt would stop. But unfortunately, it didn't. Even after I've been saved, I've experienced church hurt. My family has been hurt by the church. My brother attended the church where the senior pastor uh, was playing mind games with him, manipulative, very mean. Got to see my little brother get really wounded by a church. I can tell you that the deepest wounds that I've experienced in life have come from other pastors, lies, stabbed in the back, hurt, pain I would not wish on anybody. And yet here I am in a church. Am I a glutton for punishment? Like, why why am I still here? Why am I still in the church? Why do I still go to church every Sunday, let alone why am I a pastor? And so today, I want to share with you why I haven't given up on the church. Why I haven't given up on the church. I want to give you two reasons why I haven't given up on the church. The first reason is this, was the Jesus I saw in people. One of the reasons I haven't given up on the church was the Jesus I saw in people. I want to look at a story in Mark chapter 2, verse 1 through 5. It says, a few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, The people heard that he had come home. They gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door, and he preached the word to them. It was just packed out, everybody there to see Jesus. Some men came, bringing to him a paralyzed man carried by the four of them. Since they could not get him to Jesus, it was too packed, it was too crowded, nobody was making room. It says, because they could not get him to Jesus, because of the crowd, 
They made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and then lowered the mat the man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, son, your sins are forgiven. Can you imagine being these four men bringing their paralyzed friend to where Jesus is? They've been carrying him. They are sweating. They are tired. Arms and shoulders are probably burning, and they get to this place, and there's no room, and nobody's making room. I know some of y'all. Uh, excuse me. Y'all, come on, come on, I, got a, I got my paralyzed friend here. You, can you imagine being the paralyzed man? Carried all this way. And they come. And the crowd won't make room. The crowd won't clear out. Nobody's willing to give up their seat or make room. Can you imagine just the, the, the church hurt that's going on right then and there? They've gone on this journey. Like how defeating that had to feel that you've come all this way. And because of the crowd. They couldn't get to Jesus. I could see that being very, very hurtful. This man could have been hurt by nobody making room. But then he saw the love of his four friends. He's brought to the door. There's no room. And all of a sudden, his friends start lifting him onto the roof. He then sees them dig a hole, and his four friends lower him right in front of Jesus. See, I believe the love from his four friends was brighter than the bruise of being kept out of that house. His friends were, the, the, the love that he saw, the Jesus that he saw in his friends outweighed the hurt that he experienced of people not making room for him. And even though he saw some ugly in others, the Jesus in his friends had a greater impact on him. See, light always shines in darkness and I'm sure it may have felt like a dark moment when they arrive and nobody will let him in but he saw these four lights these four people that not only carried him to the house but then carried him up on the house dug a hole through it and lowered him right in front of Jesus See, I've seen mean, I've seen nasty, I've seen judgmental, hypocritical, clickish Christians. I've experienced uh, church hurt and, and I've been hurt by people. But it's the love of Jesus that I've seen in others is why I haven't given up on the church. Because yes, there were some people that hurt me, but there were some other folks that loved me, cared for me, went the extra mile. They knew I was a heathen dog, but they didn't call me one. They loved me, showed unconditional love love. They called me friend. They showed up to my games. They went to my plays. They were present. Even though they knew I was the hot mess express, every week they were kind. And so yes, I experienced some hurt and some mess, but it was the Jesus that I saw in other people as to why I did not give up on the church. They loved me enough that of July, it took a whole year, whole year, y'all, whole year I attended that church. I was a mess. I had issues. I had struggles. I was a bad influence. I'm sure there were times they wondered, is this brother ever going to get saved? But for a whole year, they kept loving, kept accepting, 
And in July of 1999, I gave my life to Jesus Christ. I was saved. And listen, just like, just like God used those four men, God used people. Yes, there were some people that hurt me. But it was the people who served me, went the extra mile, showed compassion, unconditional love that kept me coming. Why haven't I given up on the church? It's because of Jesus I saw in people. And then number two is because I became a Christ follower. A Christ follower. If we look back to that story, in that story, Jesus says to the man, your sins are forgiven. And so in that moment, he becomes a, a Christian. And if we look back to the story in verses 6 through 12, it says, Now some teachers of the law were sitting there and thinking to themselves, Why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Immediately Jesus knew in his spirit that this is what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, Why are you thinking these things? Like, man, you should be celebrating what's going on, but they're not. He says, Which is easier, to say to this paralyzed man, Your sins are forgiven, or to say, Get up, take your mat, and walk? But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. And the Bible says the man, he got up, he took his mat, and he walked out in full view of them all. This amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, we have never seen anything like this. Once this man meets Jesus, he keeps his eye on Jesus. Jesus forgives him of his sins, and he just continues to listen as Jesus kind of rebukes these re religious people, and then Jesus heals them. And, and, and what Jesus tells him is what he does. He could have very easily be given the stink eye to some of the people in the room, like, how y'all not going to let a paralyzed? Look, my friend had to, they look, they had to take a hole through this man's roof because y'all didn't want to let me up. Like, oh, he could have been Oh, he could have, oh, 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 I got my legs now? Okay, yeah, what, y'all want something now? Uh-huh, I got legs. Hey, you weren't going to let me in now? You going to let, well, you, I mean, he could You could have, you know what I'm saying? Like, he could have had some bitterness up in his heart. He could have got up on his legs, picked up his mat, and started smacking a couple folks with that mat. But he didn't do that. He became a Christ follower. What Jesus told him to do, he did. He picked up his mat, and he walked out in front of everyone. He followed Jesus's instructions. See, today we don't have this kind of physical proximity to Jesus or this audible direction, but we do have the Bible. Come on, how many of y'all love the red letters? I love the red letters in the Bible. I love the words of Jesus. And just as this man followed Jesus' instructions to the T, I want to follow Jesus' instructions to the T. We not only have the words of Jesus, but we also have his life. We have his example. I want to follow his example. When I was forgiven and healed, in that moment, I made a commitment to follow Jesus. That means whatever Jesus says, I'm going to do. Whatever Jesus does, I'm going to do. His example is my example to follow. When I gave my life to Jesus, it took a whole year, but when I did it, it, I was all in. Jesus says it, I do it. I follow him over my feelings. I follow him over fools. I follow him over my friends. I follow him over family. I follow Jesus. What he says, I do. And I follow his example. The way he lives is the way that I want to live. Why haven't I given up on the church? Because I became a Christ follower. And one of the ways I got over church hurt is because I chose to follow Jesus 
his word and his example. And so I want to give you three things that I've learned from following the life and the words of Jesus. Three things I've learned from following his example, his life, and his words. The first thing I've learned is this. If an imperfect church was good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for me. All right? If an imperfect church, if it's good enough for Jesus, it is more than good enough for me. Look at what the Bible says about Jesus in the church in Luke chapter 4, verse 16. It says, he went to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue as was his custom. It was Jesus's custom. It was his regular practice that even though the church is flawed and has imperfection, it was his regular practice to go to church. The Message Bible puts it like this, as he always did on the Sabbath. He went to the meeting place. If Jesus made it a priority to get together with other believers in the church, shouldn't we as his followers do so also? One thing I learned as a young Christian, and I'm so thankful that I learned it early on, it's the times where I didn't feel like going to church or didn't want to go to church. Maybe it was because of church hurt. Maybe it was because I was tired. Maybe it was because of something else. But it was the times that I didn't want to go to church and didn't feel like going to church were the times where I most needed to go. And the times that I made myself, even though I didn't want to, were always the most powerful services that I ever attended. And listen, that's just not my te- that's not just my testimony. Because as a pastor, I have people come up to me almost every single week. They said, Pastor, I wasn't going to come to church today. But I did. And I'm so glad I did. I hear that over and over and over. I have not had anybody come up to me and say, Pastor, I wasn't going to come to church today. I did. And I regret it. (laughs) No, no, no. I hear I wasn't going to come to church today but I'm so glad I did. I'm so glad I did. If an imperfect church was good enough for Jesus, an imperfect church was good enough for me. It was Jesus' custom. So even with all its flaws, it's my custom. I am a Christ follower. I'm following his example. And so that, that helped me overcome church hurt. The, the, the second thing that I learned from Jesus's words and his example that, that helped me overcome church or why I haven't given up on the church is this, is number two, is the goal outweighs the grief. The goal outweighs the grief. If you think about it, Jesus himself was hurt by the church, right? A, a few weeks ago in the series, we talked about how Jesus walked into the church and there were, there were religious people and they're taking advantage of people and they were money tables and they were manipulating and, and, and they were selling things and, and Jesus just came and he started flipping tables. He was just hurt. He was burdened. He's like, man, what, these people, what, this is not what my, my church is supposed to be a, a house of prayer and you're, you're using my church to hurt people. You, you think about Jesus himself. He was betrayed by Judas. Peter, I mean, Peter's his disciple, denied him three times. In the most stressful part of Jesus' life, 
where he goes to the garden of Gethsemane and he, he's sweating and he is in agony because he knows what's about to come. The Bible says he's sweating so much that he's sweating drops of blood. He brought his three closest disciples. Hey, can y'all just stay here with me and, and pray? And what does he see? He looks over there and they're sleeping. Come on, y'all, like man. I just could, could you not just stay up with me a little bit? And then he was crucified by religious people. I mean, Jesus could have easily been like, Father, this is not working out too well. <laughs> Are you sure? Like, this, like, didn't? But no, no, no. After he died, buried, he was resurrected. Listen to his direction, Matthew chapter 28, verse 16 through 20. It says, Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. They saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Jesus was hurt by the church, but he said, listen, we got to go. Go and make disciples. Build the church. Listen, the goal outweighs the grief. And you may be like, well, why? I got hurt. I got wounds. Why should I? Why? 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 Why should should the, why should I try to build his church? The reason is because is there are still lost and hurting and broken people that need the church, that need Jesus, people that need hope and healing and heaven. Even as I prepared this message, I just saw lost people all around me, and I'm like, and the Lord's like, who's going to reach them if we don't? Listen, I know the world will. I know the enemy will. I know he'll draw them in, but there's still, listen, there is the goal of heaven. The goal of heaven outweighs the grief, the goal of reaching lost people, the goal of having a place where it's okay not to be okay, a goal of bringing a place where people can come to, the goal outweighs the grief. I'm sure when those four men showed up, they were tired, they were worn out, and they're like, you got to be kidding me, y'all ain't going to make any room, but the goal outweighed the grief. All right, let's carry him up, let's dig through this hole, let's drop this man down. The goal outweighs the grief. Paul, who experienced tons of church hurt, said this in Philippians chapter 3, verse 13 and 14. He says, brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. Paul's saying, listen, I still got issues. There's issues. It's not perfect. There are struggles. There are challenges. All of that. He says, but there's one thing I do. Forgetting what is behind and straining towards. So we got to strain. I wish we didn't, but we do. There are challenges. There is grief. There is hurt. And we, we got to strain towards what is ahead. He says, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. And so I just decided in my heart, I'm not going to allow the grief of church hurt to outweigh the goal of reaching lost and hurting people. This world is imperfect. The church has imperfect people in it that's okay there's one perfect person and there's one perfect place that is Jesus in heaven and the goal is far greater than all the grief all the wound all the pain I just made it up in my mind listen I'm just going to press on to spread the hope and love of Jesus Christ because there were people that pressed on for me I know I was not easy I know I caused some headaches but I'm thankful for folks this is the goal of Chris Smith being saved outweighs the grief. And then and thirdly, the third thing, <clears throat> what I've learned from Jesus, help me overcome church hurt, to not give up on the church, is choose to be a part of the solution 
not part of the problem. Choose to be a part of the solution, not part of the problem. Look what Jesus said in Matthew 16, verse 18. He says, now I say to you, say to you that you are Peter, which means rock. And upon this rock, I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. Jesus did not give up on the church. He did not miss it. He said, I am building my church. Even though the church isn't perfect, Jesus says, I will build it, and I'm going to use imperfect people like Peter, you, and me to build it. I'm going to use you. God said he's going to use you to build it, and the powers of hell, they will try, but they will not conquer it. The power of hell can conquer some things. It can conquer a person. It can conquer a family, a career. It can conquer our world, but there is one thing it cannot conquer, and Jesus says that is the church. For all of its flaws, it is still the answer. It is still the solution. God wants to use you and I, imperfect people, to build his church. And so we have a choice when we get hurt. Will we be a part of the solution or will we be part of the problem? Being bitter and angry is being part of the problem. Forgiving is being part of the solution. Gossiping is being a part of the problem. Speaking the truth in love is being part of the solution. Putting the church on blast is being a part of the problem. Being kind is being part of the solution. Judging is being a part of the problem. Loving is being a part of the solution. Bashing the church is being a part of the problem. Being the church is being a part of the solution. And I just made up, a, I just made up my mind. I'm gonna be a part of the solution, not the problem. You can be bitter and you can dump and quit and give up on the church, or you can jump in and you can help the church get better. I jumped in and I have never looked back. There have been wounds, there have been pains. I'm not trying to dismiss your hurt and I'm not trying to ignore it. I just know Jesus can heal it. I know Jesus can use people to heal it, and God wants to use us to be the church. I'm not going to bash it. I'm going to be it. Have you ever heard the phrase, be the change you want to see? Have you heard that before? I want to change that slightly. Be the church you want to see. Be the church you want to see. Be a part of the solution. Come on, be the kids' ministry you want to see. Join our kids' ministry. Love on those kids. Get in there with them. Be a godly man, a godly woman in there teaching kids about Jesus. Jesus said, bring all the little children to me. Listen, would you be the youth ministry you want to see? You can say, listen, these youth, they may have all these things going in and out of their life, but I'm going to be here every Wednesday night, every Wednesday night. I'm going to love you. I'm going to love you unconditionally. I'm not going anywhere. I want you to know you may have instability everywhere around you, but right here at Epic, you got stability. I'm going to be here because I love you and I care about you. Be the first impressions you want to see. Come on, wear that hand and wrist out. Every Sunday, you got to get some ice for your elbow and your wrist because you're saying, no, 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 ain't nobody coming to people's church and not feeling welcome and not getting a wave. Oh, no, no, no. I'm going to have to ice up after so I'll be here all three services welcoming and loving. Be the first impressions that you want to see. Be the small group leader that you want to see. 
It's not too late. You sign up in the lobby. Sign up to be a small group leader. Say, God, use me. I'm going to have a small group. We're going to love and we're going to accept. And people can come with all their habits and their hangups and their issues. And we're going to love them and reach them. And we're going to help people grow in their relationship with God. Be the Christian you want to see. Be the love you want to see. Be the servant you want to see. Be the forgiveness you want to see. Be the acceptance you want to see. Be the neighbor you want to see. Be the light you want to see. Be the hope. Be the church you want to see. Light always shines in darkness. Let's be like those four lights. Let's say, I'm going to let my mind shine. But Pastor Chris, what about the hurt and the pain? Listen, sometimes we have to be a wounded healer. That's what Jesus was. He still has the scars, but he gave his life. He's still healing. And God can heal your wounds. He can heal your hurt. And he wants you to go and help and heal others. Be a part of the solution. God, use me to be your church, to be the hope, to be the difference. Use me. Here I am with my wounds and my hurt. I'm not giving up. I'm not turning back. I'm pressing on. If the church, if the imperfect church was good enough for you, Jesus, it's more than good enough for me. The goal outweighs the grief, and I'm going to be a part of the solution. Let's pray. If you'll bow your heads and close your eyes with me. Father God, Lord, I know across this room there are those wounded and hurt by church, by Christians. Lord, I just ask you to heal my brothers and sisters. Would you just heal them, Lord? Father God, would you just begin a work in their life? Father God, we would have conviction to not give up. That even though we're wounded, it's the Jesus we see in others helps us overcome. It's because we've decided to be a Christ follower. We're following you, following your example. So God, would you help us? With heads still bowed and eyes still closed, Maybe some of you here in this room today, you're not a Christ follower. Just want you to know Jesus loves you. He gave his life for you. That you were worth dying for. That maybe there's some of you in here today or online that you used to be in church and had a relationship with God and it was thriving. But then some church hurt happened or something else happened turns your back on God and have walked away from him. I just want you to know that God has never turned his back on you. He's still watching you, waiting for you to turn back to him, waiting to heal you, forgive you, and bring you hope. Jesus, he's the answer. He's the only perfect person, and he gave his life so all of us, when we die, can be in a, the only perfect place for all eternity, and that's heaven. And that only comes with a relationship with Jesus Christ. And so today, if you need to give your heart and life to the Lord for the very first time, or maybe you need to rededicate your heart and life to Christ, want to count to three, would you just simply raise your hand? 
And I just want to lead you in a prayer at all of our campuses, if that's you right now. One, two, three. Just raise your hand right now. Praise God. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. At our campuses, thank you. Online, you say, that's me. Thank you. All of you right now, they need to pray this prayer. Give your heart and life to Jesus Christ. Would you just confess it with your mouth and believe it in your heart? Just pray this with me. Jesus, forgive me of all my sins. I confess you as my Lord and Savior. I give you complete control of my life. Thank you for dying and rising again. You're alive so I can be alive. Thank you for heaven. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Come on, can we celebrate? Let's celebrate and rejoice with all those that made a decision for Christ today.